0: My name is Emilian Mori, and welcome to our podcast, Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers, and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless, and determined. We fight for love, profits, and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers, and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hello, everybody. This is Warrior Family, and I'm Smilian Mori. Welcome. I know that you are all here because you
1: want to create and live the life worth living. But in order to create and live the life worth living, we must do something about it. And my purpose within this show is to introduce you to the guests, their habits, belief systems, hacks, so they can help you to become a better person and create the life worth living. And today I have a special guest. His name is Mike Dillard. He is an entrepreneur in Austin, Texas. He built his first million-dollar business by the age of 27, teaching small business owners how to effectively market their products and services online using attraction marketing strategies. Combined, his businesses have produced more than $50
0: in revenue without outside funding. In 2017, Mike developed the world's first fully automated
1: hydroponic system for food production, Evergrow. His primary company today is Self Made Men, which provides the knowledge and skills entrepreneurs need in order to achieve their goals in life and in business welcome mike to my show
2: thank you for having me
1: i'm so happy to see you because i can see you only on the instagram Mm -hmm. account or when you're surfing Mm -hmm. or doing another crazy things (laughs) and i must say that i bought every program that you put out oh thank you so let's start with the self-made man you are self-made man 27 years old, earned first million online business. This yes. was when? This was like 20 years ago, almost 15? 2007, 2008. Yeah. So about 10, 11 years ago.
2: And that was after five or six mm-hmm. years of failure. <laughs> okay. So making no money for many, many years in the network marketing industry. <laughs> and finally figured out how to build a business and I learned the skills that I needed to learn and very quickly I went from waiting tables at a Chinese food restaurant to building my first seven-figure business.
1: You started in network marketing business Mm -hmm. and what is your experience with MLM business? What did you learn in this industry that helped you become who you are today?
2: I started in college mm-hmm. very young, young. like 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted to have my own business. I didn't want a boss. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wake up when I wanted to wake up, and I wanted to make as much money that, you know, as I could. And that was back in 1999-2000. Yeah no social media no instagram no youtube no myspace no facebook so we were using cds and cassette tapes yeah yeah. and um, handing out (laughs) yeah and i'm very shy back then (laughs) and i had a very hard time selling very hard time talking to other people and that was the biggest lesson that i learned was that i needed to learn some new skills Mm -hmm. that would allow me to build that business in a way that was really more aligned with how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very social person, so going to hotel meetings or holding parties at my house was just not what I wanted to do. So I tried that for many years and Mm -hmm. I failed at it, and I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then I ran into a gentleman named Dan Kennedy Mm -hmm. and his books, and he introduced me to direct response marketing, Mm -hmm. and the idea that I could write a sales letter or a sales script or an email mm-hmm. that would do all of the telling and the selling of my company's stories and products for me. And I started to teach myself how to make a website and how to use Google AdWords. And so I started placing you know, ads on Google, mm-hmm. sending people to a capture page to gather their email address. And after that, they would read a, a long letter that I wrote, 20 pages long, about the business. Unbelievable. And that changed everything for me because now I had people essentially coming to me, mm-hmm. asking me how to join and how to buy the products instead of me having to run after them. And that was what really changed everything.
1: So the product was magnetic sponsoring.
2: It started as my company's opportunity. It was a company called Zango way exactly. back years ago, a mm-hmm. juice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. company. And I wrote some sales scripts for the product and the business, and it started working really well. I built a you know, team of a couple hundred people within a month or two, and then I wrote magnetic sponsoring as an instruction manual for mm-hmm. my team. Here's how to do what I'm doing. And before I know it, I had people from all other companies wanting to buy the book and use the same kind of strategy for their business. So I started selling it for $40 a piece on Google, and within, I'd say, three or four months, we were selling about 50000 a month of that book.
1: And I was 26. How much did you earn from this one little book? 25 million dollars. 25 million dollars. Yeah, and the other courses. With one product, one book.
2: The different courses that came after that, that I wrote with it, yeah. So that obviously changed my life in a very big way, and I became the number one sales rep in my distributor in my next company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for three or four years and then retired at 30 from that
1: industry. I think that you didn't only change your life, you also changed other people's lives. Very many. In in a network marketing industry because I think you were the first one Mm -hmm. to use this online recruiting uh, tool system. So then you retired at 30 from
2: network marketing. For, yeah. Yeah, what, I had reached all next? my goals. What was next? <laughs> next was I wanted to do something completely different. Hmm. I wanted to learn new skills. I'd been doing that for almost 10 years since college and I wanted to push myself in a new way and grow. So I'm very passionate about clean food Mm -hmm. and here in the United States most of our food's covered in pesticides, genetically modified, it's not very healthy. Mm -hmm. Unless you can afford organic food which is very expensive and I wanted to change that. I wanted to have clean food for everybody. So I decided to try to invent essentially a way to let everybody grow all of their organic food Mm -hmm. in their house. So if you get rid of the farm and the tractor and the distribution houses and the highways and the 18-wheelers and the grocery stores, now your organic food, instead of costing $3, it costs 30 cents because you got rid of all that infrastructure in the middle, right? And everything starts and ends in your house. And there's many ways you can grow food at home right now, but it's all manual. You have to check the pH levels and the chemistry. You have to constantly change the water and feed everything and mess with the lights. And it's a lot of work, and most people would not do that successfully. So we wanted to make something that was automated and like a computer, and it would run everything for you. So we essentially built a system called Evergrow yeah. that you have in your living room, and mm. it grows everything for you automatically. It has Wi-Fi in it and an app, and you just drop in the seeds, and it does everything else. Wow. So that'll grow about $4,000 wow. a year of organic food for $400.
1: Are you selling already? Or just, the, yeah, interesting story. Experimenting.
2: I had to pull the plug on it right. and very expensive.
1: How much money did you invest?
2: Uh, oh, several, wow. a couple million dollars yeah. and after two and a half years of building that, we got that prototype and I asked how much is this more is it going to take to finish it and get into production. i like oh, another two years, another couple million dollars. and. At that time, another competing company came out with a very similar system. Not as pretty, but same functionality for less money. Mm-hmm. And they've been around seven, eight years. They have $30 million in funding, big team, and they can sell their product for a third the price that we could. Mm-hmm. So that was a big decision for me. I either have to go raise money from family and friends. And if I do that, I'm raising money essentially for a product that is second best now, mm-hmm. which it didn't feel good about doing that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up stopping this and I invested in them. Wow. So I called up the company owner and told them what I was doing. And they had a round open in the A round. And so I said, I want to invest in you guys. So that was probably about a year and a half, two years ago.
1: This is something that not many people would do.
2: It was advice from a mentor, and I'm trying to go through my options, and he said, there's always a way to turn failure basically into a win, so how can you do that? And most people, I think, would just keep going because they've put so much in already. So I took his advice, and they're doing very well, and hopefully in a couple of years, they'll have an exit to a big company and get bought, and I'll make back the money that I put into
1: Evergrande. This is amazing, Hmm. I think. Big lesson learned. So what did you learn from
2: this? It's a very big leap to go from what you're good at and where all of your value is, which for me was in internet marketing and network marketing to in a new industry that I knew nothing about. I didn't know anything about growing food. I went on Amazon and bought some e-books. Didn't know anything about manufacturing or industrial design. And I didn't have any contacts in either of those industries. So I paid what I call a, a very high stupid tax. I paid a very big price for what I didn't know and my lack of experience in that in that world. And for me, it was too big of a leap into a different way. I didn't have any of my existing assets that I could have used to apply that in, until it was ready to sell. Once it was ready to sell i could sell it because i have an audience so that was the big lesson that i learned mm-hmm. innovate do something a little bit different push yourself but don't leave everything behind and go move to the planet. other side of the planet right and you don't speak the language you don't know anybody and try to do that again go halfway so that was the big lesson mm-hmm.
1: yeah. great lesson for somebody that is thinking about starting some new business venture maybe in other industry that he's not familiar with right what advice would you give to somebody that want to start a business I get all these messages on Instagram. I want to start a business. I don't have money. How can I get money?
2: The key to my success in that moment mm. where everything changed for me was stop trying to chase opportunities, stop trying to chase products because I did it in network marketing. I bounced from company to company trying to find something that would make me successful. So in every, and every, what I learned is everywhere I go, there's people are successful. They're mm-hmm. on stage getting awards everywhere I go, but I'm not no matter where I go, right? So what's the difference? and I realized the difference is that everybody who was on stage having success had mastered a skill set. They were masters of selling on the phone or they were masters of selling from stage or holding events. But they were phenomenally good at what they were doing and I was not good at anything. So that was the big epiphany for me is that I need to go master a skill set and I need to become professional at it and one of the best in the world at it. And so that was the big shift for me. Uh, a mentor of mine said, You know, Mike, your goal is to make $50,000 a month. Mm -hmm. The reason you're not doing that is because you have not essentially acquired the skill set and you have not become a person who is capable of achieving that result. And so he's basically said, if you want that result, you have to go change who you are and become someone who's capable of doing that. And so that's what I did. That's when I found copywriting and direct response. And I spent the next year, year and a half, writing out sales letters right. by hand at night and studying copywriting and really figuring out how to sell through the written word. And I became one of the best, you know, out there in that skill. And now I had a, an ability. I had a way to successfully put out my message and get a result for the very first first time and that's what changed everything so my advice for folks who are wanting to figure something out it's what skill do you want to master first Mm -hmm. just get really good at one thing Mm -hmm. and once you do there's always going to be demand for that whether it's using ads on Google or YouTube or Facebook graphic design whatever it may be if you get really good at something you'll be able to at least get clients that will hire you for that and if you pick the right skill set you can apply that in a really big way and start a really big business so
1: you mentioned the word mentor. Mm. Who was your first mentor? And what advice did you get besides all this? That
2: Todd Falcone.
1: Todd Falcone.
2: Mark Weiser. Todd, I know, is big in the MLM space.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, those were two guys in Zango that really spent a lot of time with me on the phone and helped me try to figure things out.
1: I think network market is the perfect vehicle that you can get mentored mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. There is nobody out there that will give you so much knowledge that somebody that is your mentor or sponsor or mm-hmm. whatever you call him.
2: I think of it as the best school for sales and entrepreneurship that you can go through because there's the no best other... best
1: school for entrepreneurship.
2: Well, there's no other industry that will act as a mirror and show you what you need to work on better than network marketing. Mm. It'll show you what your weak. At very mm-hmm. quickly and at that point you have a choice you either realize that and you put in the work and address it or you quit and the people who make it are the ones who decide not to quit mm-hmm. so
1: and you learn different skills mm-hmm. from selling talking with people yeah. negotiating
2: yep, you know, speaking on stage everything mm-hmm. and
1: for once free you,
0: yeah yeah
1: and you even get paid right yeah great
0: if you are enjoying interview so far make sure to follow me on other social media you will find me on YouTube and Facebook as Smiljan Mori Warrior Family, on Instagram as Smiljan Mori, and on LinkedIn and Twitter as Smiljan Mori. S M I L J A N M O R I.
1: What advice would you give somebody that is considering network marketing as the first step in his entrepreneurship journey? There are many misconceptions out there about network marketing. It's a pyramid, whatever. I say
2: that what I realized is network marketing is an industry of marketing and promotion, often pursued by people who have no idea how to market or promote. So that's your business. That's what you do in that world is you market and promote. But most people come to the table with none of those skill sets and they have these expectations of making a lot of money and becoming financially free because that tends to be what gets sold in that world many times. You know, make a list of your friends and family and a year from now you'll make six figures, right? It's not going to work. You've got to become a professional if you want to get paid like a professional in that world. And so I think that was share with people who are getting started to put their expectations in check, which is you're going to have to earn the money that you make. It's not going to come because of the business or the product. You're going to have to get
1: the skill set and become a professional. At it. And learn the skills. Let's talk about for a while about the second maybe business venture that I know mm. that I bought <laughs> the mm. products, uh, the financial education company. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the? Elevation Group. Elevation Group. Yeah. Yeah. So you sold the first business.
2: Yeah, that's right. No, you I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, after magnetic sponsoring, yes. I had made all of this money in my 20s, and I didn't know what to do with it. I spent it on cars and houses and boats and took a lot of trips and did a lot of fun things, but I was not investing any of it. I was just spending it. So around the age of 30, I realized that I was squandering a big opportunity and mm-hmm. that I was making a lot of foolish decisions around money. And that was around 2008 when the market crashed here in the U.S. and Perfect timing. Yes, it was. It was because because... because nobody knew what to do anymore and I needed to figure that out for myself and I figured a lot of other people have the same questions that I do now. What do we do? So we set up uh, an interview platform called the Elevation Group and I would interview experts very much like this on how to invest Mm -hmm. money and that did very well. It was a very successful Mm -hmm. business. We did $3.2 million in our first week.
1: With sales letters?
2: Yeah, with one webinar. One webinar. And I wrote the webinar. It took me about three months to write it. Wow. put a lot of time and research to that webinar, mm-hmm. we recorded it one time, and we used some software to essentially play it every day, mm-hmm. and we released that to our audience in the world. And it was the right message at the right time.
1: Yeah, it and was, perfect, was. Timing. Mm-hmm. perfect timing, perfect yeah. timing for that yeah for that time yeah
2: so that was a big success until it wasn't and about a year and a half into it unfortunately we interviewed a gentleman who was not honest he ended up giving us fraudulent documents and pretending to be someone he wasn't and he ended up essentially taking a lot of my money that I invested with him and a lot of our customers money that wow. invested with him and that was a very big lesson learned and a very difficult the biggest challenge I've ever gone through. to recommend some products and to have them Risky. betray that trust and yeah and and do some very bad things with it was very difficult. And they're in jail at this point, but it was tough, yeah. Who
1: was in jail?
2: The guys who committed the fraud,
1: yeah so maybe this is the reason why you are holding yourself back with this cryptocurrency market mm. I was waiting and waiting for you to announce mm. what you are doing are you into it and then you didn't do anything you didn't say anything I'm sure that
2: was a big part of it yeah. Um, yeah. you never know what what can happen with the mm. financial markets and entrepreneurs are very for the most part comfortable with taking risks. Mm. that's what we do and I realize that a lot of other average people are not and they don't have the ability to recover mm. the way that we would and start a new business so I actually actually got involved and bought my first Bitcoin in 2013 mm-hmm. when it was about $70 and that got stolen and Mt. Gox, the big exchange back then, got hacked and, and I lost about $7 million worth of Bitcoin, at least today's money. But I've been in that world since then, so for five mm-hmm. years now, and talked about it publicly for the first time, uh, probably six months ago, and mm-hmm. we made a course for beginners, not on what to buy, mm-hmm. but educating them how that world works, how to set up an account, what wallets are used, and primarily how to participate in that industry mm-hmm. safely. How do you not get hacked? How do you protect the crypto assets that you end up buying? And Yeah, so that's been a a really neat industry to participate
1: in and Mm -hmm. to follow. What advice would you give now for the investments? I
2: still think it's quite early. I still think there's a massive opportunity in that world, but you have to make sure that you take the right safety precautions and that you don't take too big a risk. Mm -hmm. It is still a very risky industry. And so the way that I recommend if you want to get involved and Mm -hmm. buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that is to only invest the money that you would put on the card table in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You're going to bet it. Gambling. Roulette gambling, that's what you're doing that's what you're doing here and so that's what my friends and I do we have a lot of fun placing our bets on different cryptos maybe it's just a couple hundred dollars maybe it's a thousand dollars and that way no matter what happens if it tanks or goes to zero it's okay we had fun and it's not something we need to worry about or get stressed about and there's a lot of people who see like it did last year with the prices going up that are buying it with credit cards mortgaging their house Mm -hmm. making really bad decisions yeah and so that's just my big word of caution. I think everybody should be involved at some capacity, but only in a way, again, if it goes to zero, you're like, ah, that was fun. Which
1: platform do you use?
2: I like Binance a lot. Binance and Bitrix, and obviously Coinbase is nice as well.
1: As I see, you started all businesses out from your own frustrations, mm-hmm. network marketing, magnetic sponsoring, then elevation group. Mm-hmm then what about Self-Made Man? Yes, yes. What is the mission of the Self-Made Man?
2: Self-Made Man was an idea that I had when I was pursuing the hydroponic system, and I needed a way to stay in touch with my audience and deliver value to them every Mm -hmm. week. And my audience is entrepreneurs, and I'm working on a plant machine, so what do I do, right? And so I started Self-Made Man as a podcast, Mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, I can interview someone great every week, deliver a lot of content, and it would be very little of my time to do that. So I started the podcast uh, in 20 beginning of 2015. And the goal was to really provide mentorship to young men with ambition who are wanting to become entrepreneurs and need to learn how it works. And it was my way to, to mentor them and provide guidance. Here in the United States over the last 15 years, we've seen a big shift in values in this country, and, a, and not in a good way, in a bad way. There are not a lot of role models in Washington. There are not a lot of role models in, in sports these days. It's, uh, you know, lie, cheat, steal, and a lot of just bad stuff, right? So Self Made Man for me was an attempt to provide really good role models and mentors to that next generation of guys coming into this space. And after I pulled the plug on the plant system, we had a lot of success and a big audience with Self Made Man, so I wanted to pursue that full time. Mm-hmm. And out of my frustration, my goal is to has been to build a company that's not about me. You know, I was the face of magnetic, the face of elevation, and I wanted to build a company that I could eventually turn into a brand and sell, which I would never done yet, so that's my next challenge. And and self-made man right now and what we've built is a big part of that is is that goal for me so we interview people and create classes and we have a big platform like YouTube and it's not about me other than the podcast and we're trying to build that into a big brand we're launching an apparel line soon and a couple of other things and the goal is to turn that into a media company over the next two to three years and then hopefully have an exit from that and if nothing more than to pursue that goal to learn from it and just evolve as an entrepreneur myself in that way yeah
1: this is what I see also every Every interview I have, I grow. Mm, right, yeah. right. After the interview I sit down, I have the whole list of questions. Mm. What did I learn? What are my next steps? How I will become better because of this interview. So okay. yeah, it's amazing how much you can learn and grow. The podcast
2: talk. has been amazing. Amazing. Because yeah. you meet so many people. Yeah. You know? People that you would never have a chance to no, meet otherwise. No. Yeah, like Tony Robbins and yeah. Damon John and and just some amazing people. Gene Simmons
1: from KISS was mm-hmm, on the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, when would I ever meet Gene Simmons? And you do it live in video like we are doing Uh, also just audio okay but I see many video material now those
2: are the classes
1: Uh classes, so
2: the self-made man podcast Mm -hmm. is free the membership is $19 a month and people get access to all of the video classes Mm -hmm. that we shoot Mm -hmm. here in Austin in different studios Mm -hmm. part of the challenge or thinking ahead in that business what is the value of video going to be like what is the experience of media going to be like in five years is it going to be in VR so all of the videos we shoot like this are in three 60 VR as well. So, you know, in a couple of years, you'll be able to put your helmet on and sit in a chair right next to us as if you're in the nice. studio and just looking around. So,
1: so you have your own studio right now?
2: We rent different locations around mm-hmm. Austin that I think are really neat settings visually mm-hmm. because I don't want 50 videos that all look the same. I think people get bored with that. Mm-hmm. So we'll go book a location for two days and we'll shoot maybe two or three guests a day. And we've probably done that five, six, seven different locations. Mm-hmm. So it looks different. Different. More yeah.
1: interesting. Like yeah, we are traveling around the world yeah. and every time it happens. happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. So we can find more information on selfmademen.com mm-hmm. Okay. It's only $19 a month.
2: $19 a month for everything.
1: Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. So much wisdom. Yeah. Let's talk about your personal life a little bit. Mm. You have a very young baby right now. Eight year old son. Eight year old son. Mm-hmm. He is a baby still. Yeah. <laughs> I look my daughter, she's also eight. Oh. She's still a baby. Or maybe I want her <laughs> to be a baby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she is a girl already, but okay. So you got son mm-hmm. eight years ago. Mm-hmm. How this change everything that you do in the business? Mm-hmm. How you live, work? You know, I
2: have split time with him and his mom. Mm-hmm. And so I have him three nights
1: a week, almost mm-hmm. half the week. Okay.
2: And it's been great. And the older he gets the the better it gets, we can do more together. He mm-hmm. can come out on the boat now, and hopefully in the next couple of years, you know, he'll get on the surfboard and we'll do that. So it's been really neat. A small school here in Austin that is 35 kids, and a bunch of entrepreneurs' parents all send their kids to the same school. So Hal Elrod and then Jay Popazon and David Osborne, and all of our kids are in the same little school, and. It's all different age groups, so all blended. That mm-hmm. way, you know, Chase at eight gets to become a mentor to the new kids who start at seven. And then he's got mentors of the kids who are older than him, and they all work together. And the entire curriculum is entrepreneurship. No way. And they don't have any books, uh, like traditional textbooks. They have plenty of books to read, but they're storybooks, you know, personal development books. Mm. And it's an amazing school. Private school. A little private school. It's called Acton. Acton. Acton Academy.
1: You brought that topic up. It's
2: in the... We interviewed
1: the founders on the podcast. I would like to interview them, too.
2: Yeah, amazing couple. It's in
1: my notes. Mm. I think you can buy the franchise. Yeah, they have a... Would you recommend? that way. If you,
2: uh, you know, if that's your passion and you want to run the school, it's uh, a married couple that runs the school that Chase goes to, and that's all they do. And they have three kids that are in the school as well, but that's what they do full-time as their teachers. But, you know, for example, every month they get in groups of four, and they Mm -hmm. figure out who's going to be the CEO, the CFO, the CMO. And they say, okay, what are we going to start? what kind of business? And the last one was popsicles, right? Popsico or whatever Mm -hmm. was the name of it. And I went and bought the domain for him and everything. And they figure out what the the ingredients are going to be. And they go to the grocery store with the parents and they buy the ingredients and they figure out what it costs to make. And that's how they learn math is, okay, here's our cost of goods sold. And how many popsicles can we make? What did that cost? How much should we charge them? And they learn, you know, profit. And then they have to pay the teacher's tax. All of the reward system in the school is around a little toy store that they have. And if you do Good and you hit your goals, you get little money and you at the end of every Friday you get to go buy a toy and you learn taxes in that way. Every quarter they have to elect a school president and they have to come up with a curriculum, so they learn about politics and leadership and things like that. So wow. it's super cool.
1: I'm sold. Yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you know about the school system, mm-hmm. the traditional school system. Mm-hmm. I have a challenge with this. I don't know where to send my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want them to, to learn something about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that this uh, school is so much geared toward uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah,
2: the whole thing is uh, Montessori-style learning, I meaning Montessori. it's all self-paced. Like Waldorf?
1: Yes. No. but I ric- assigned my kids to the Waldorf school.
2: Yeah, so very similar Sim- learning l- style, self-paced, yeah. but entrepreneurial curriculum.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Amazing. So, you believe in entrepreneurship?
2: More than ever, because I mm-hmm. think in 10, 15 years, when our kids are ready to make a living, you're going to have to, you know, I mean, I guess it's two options go the corporate router or Create your own opportunities, and I just think having that skill set. And the, here's the biggest thing that they've learned out of the school at seven, eight years old is they learn to look at the world through a problem-solving viewpoint. So just at that age, they're already looking around. What can I do better? How can I fix that? How can I solve that problem? How can I come up with an idea? And for me, that's the single most important thing that's come from it is just the mindset to look at the world in that way because then they can create all the opportunities they want. And the next step after that is how do I I solve a problem that I'm stuck with, right? If I don't know how to do something, how do I get help? And how do I pursue the answer and the solution? So to know that at eight, when I had to learn that at nineteen twenty in network marketing is a big
1: shift. So Or even later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And collaborating and mm-hmm. delegating and not, yeah. it's not only me, what I can do. Yeah. This is so important. What values would you like to pass down to your son?
2: You know, I mean, I think honesty and integrity are Mm -hmm. the biggest Mm -hmm. ones because, I mean, that's the most important for long term success, right? I think a lot of young entrepreneurs who are desperate to make some money will make some poor decisions to make that money now, and then it shoots them in the foot for their next venture. So I think that's one of the things that I've been fortunate to have learned a long time ago, which is why I've had, Mm -hmm. I think, a pretty long career in this world. So I think that's important. And the next one is just to look for problems that you can solve for other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's the next big big piece that's the mm-hmm. most important. It might be your own problem, it might be somebody else's, but if as long as you're looking for it, you'll find it and you'll see it and okay. then you have an opportunity to to create for yourself.
1: How do you structure your day? Like how many hours per week do you work? very unstructured. Mm-hmm.
2: I became an entrepreneur because I didn't want a boss. So I don't like to even boss myself around. So I wake up uh, with the sun, seven o'clock, mm-hmm. have a quick bite to eat, jump on the computer. I have my little list of three to five tasks mm-hmm. I want to accomplish that day. And I basically just work as much as I can until I get just too tired mm-hmm. mentally to, to get anything productive done. It's usually about three o'clock. And at that point, I'll go usually work out, go to the gym, go for a bike ride and do something physical. I try to eat 536, pretty early and then and then that's it the rest of the day i'm either visiting friends or with chase or relaxing or maybe reading a book in bed by 10 o'clock
1: you go to bed. that's pretty much it yeah how many employees do you have Do you have a virtual team right
2: now very few it's virtual i work from home i have two customer service agents mm-hmm. and everything else is outsourced so tech is outsourced video is outsourced social media is outsourced have nobody on a payroll as an employee at all oh, wow. it's all outsourced and that's
1: it right now Any reason for that?
2: I had an office with Elevation Group. We Mm -hmm. had an office with about 12 employees. And I work best when I'm by myself Mm -hmm. with no distractions and I can think and I can write. Mm -hmm. Being in an office filled with people, I got very little done. Couldn't focus. I can relate. Mm. And I think it's just my personality type. You know, very much introverted, and I like to just think and, and write. So I think that's the primary reason I didn't like having to go to an office every day, even though it was mine. So I think that's primarily it. But that's a goal that I'm working on for self-made. Is I need to find if I want to turn it into a fifty million dollar plus company. I need to find a great team and start building a team. So that'll be a goal here in the next
1: year, probably, and it'll probably be virtual. So what is the biggest challenge that you are facing right now in the business? Is this building a team or...?
2: Yeah, it's how to find to build the team I need is going to be expensive. It's going to be people who are making hundred to two hundred thousand dollars a year salaries. I need probably three or four or five of those people, and that's a big gap. And we're too early still. We have a lot of growth that we can still do before we have to go down that phase, that stage yet. So it's coming, but probably
1: a, about a year from now. You mentioned that you are introvert. Mm. I think there are many introverts out there. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to the introverts that want to start a business and they think they are not social, not outgoing, that this is not their thing? Well, that was my challenge in network marketing <laughs> yeah. in the beginning.
2: Yeah. I was, do what the system is, do what your mentor tells you to do, which was, again, talk to your friends and family members, invite people over to a party, go to events, and all things I didn't like to do, talk on the phone. And that's why I struggled with it for five mm-hmm. years. So my biggest piece of advice would be to understand who you are and how you're wired as soon as you can. If you're an introvert, don't fight that. Don't try to build a business that an extrovert is building and, and try to do it their way. Do it in a way that you're aligned with and that works with how you're wired. And the moment that's, again, the moment I did that is when everything changed for me. So just accept it, don't fight it, mm-hmm. and then figure out how to win the game that you're playing the way that you're designed to do it.
1: Is this the reason why we don't see you at live events? Yeah. You don't have live events.
2: No, I'm doing my first group coaching Mm -hmm. with uh, maybe 20 people Mm -hmm. for the first time in 11 years, in a couple of months.
1: Uh
2: And I'll do live events. I'll go speak on stage, only in this Q&A, though. Uh Uh If I'm going to do a dedicated presentation, I'll spend two months working on it. Uh And it's not worth my time to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but that's probably, I think, my energy is best put into activities. I like to focus on activities and work on things in my business that I can do one time that will then produce a return for the next 2 to 3 4 years. Yeah. And that's the only things I like to do. That's why I'm not on social media a lot. Yeah,
1: I see. Yeah.
2: Maybe in one Instagram post every mm-hmm. 2 weeks mm-hmm. because I feel that if your story disappears in 24 hours it's not a good investment. Mm. We're thinking about starting a YouTube channel and I'm thinking about doing some videos because at least with YouTube I can create those and people will watch them for yeah, years. Yeah. So that's a big piece of the puzzle too, especially if you're by yourself. You're starting out is put your time and activities into pieces that, well, once you're done, will continue to bring on and it can be a foundation that you can then work on the next level. So with our products like ListGrow, I made that webinar one time for ListGrow three years ago, and we sold $5 million of that course last year from that one webinar, right? So I spent six weeks writing it and recording it, editing it, but that then has been sold every single day for three years now and then I can work on the next piece. So that's a big, I think, consideration people need to keep in mind.
1: Mm -hmm. How do we come up with the ideas creating courses like ListGrow?
2: ListGrow was, I wrote that when I was designing the hydroponic system. And that was one of the main ways that I funded the development of that, was, was to sell that course. And my goal was to retire from Internet marketing and to pursue that. So I said, if I had to make one more course, what is the most important skill set that I could teach a new Internet entrepreneur? And it was how to build an email list. Uh, that's been by far and away the single most valuable asset that I've ever built during my career, and it still is. So that was the inspiration for that course, is if this is going to be my last one, what's it going to be about? And that was the topic. Some of them are based on asking my audience what they need help with. Mm-hmm. What do you guys need help with most, A, B, or C? Mm-hmm. And they'll vote, and that's what we'll focus on. Yeah, so that's typically how I come up with those, with the ideas for what. If I write a course like List Grow, it'll take me six months to create.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: The cryptocurrency course is probably three months, and that's all I'm doing when I'm, when I'm doing that. So it needs to have an audience that has that problem.
1: What is the best advice to somebody that wants to grow a list?
2: I think the first thing is knowing that that is a really important piece to this puzzle. My email list is the most valuable thing I have, because once you have an audience and a list, everything you do is going to be successful at that point. Uh, Launch a new product, you're going to sell it. Start a podcast, you're going to get an audience, everything. So the difference that I think people get lost on right now is, well, should I build an email list or should I build social media? Yeah. Instagram channel and my answer is still an email list for two primary reasons the first is that you don't own your social media account you don't own your instagram account or youtube or facebook or anything those companies own that account and they can pull it from you anytime they want we saw a bunch of youtubers over the last year pewdiepie and all of these other people just get their accounts taken away demonetized and at the end of the day you're building an asset for another company like google or facebook It's not your asset. So I think that's silly. I think that's not a good decision. I think it's very risky. And the second reason is you're at the mercy of their algorithm. So if you have a Facebook fan page, four or five years ago, everybody wanted likes, right? A million likes on your fan page. You make a post now, how many
1: see it? Six, five percent.
2: Maybe. I get maybe 1%. And, you know, I've got people with 5 million likes, and they get 5,000 views. Who cares, right? So you have no control again. It's not your asset. And same with Instagram. I don't want to build up an asset for another company that I don't own that Mm -hmm. people are not going to then. So with email, I own it. It's my data. It's my email list. It's my database. I can move it to another email service Mm -hmm. provider anytime I want. Nobody can take it away from me. Mm -hmm. And 100% of those people are going to get my email. They might not read it. But it's going to get delivered because there's no algorithm to filter it out. So for those reasons, I think email is more important than ever. The final reason is that it still converts from a sales perspective better than anything else in social media by far. You know, a good example is last year I promoted a financial newsletter run by a friend of mine on, on the crypto space. He's a former hedge fund manager, very smart dude. He produces research on different crypto assets you can invest in or buy. And I was a customer of the product. I loved it. And I said, hey guys, if you're into crypto, I would go recommend buying this guy's newsletter. It wasn't cheap, it's like $2,000 a year. And I send four emails to our audience about that newsletter just recommending it. And we sold $1.3 million of that newsletter, which for us was th- almost $600,000 commission in a week. And that's just wow. the power of an email. But could I have done that if I got on social media and made a post about it? No. It's not going to happen. There's not enough time in an image or a 15-second story to make your case on it. Maybe YouTube video could have done well, but that's it. So, yeah, email list is, is it. And if you want to build it, the best way to build an email list quickly is to buy attention. This is all about attention, right? Before I can get your email address, I've got to get your attention and make the case that I have something valuable to offer you. And there's two ways to get attention. You can dance for it on social media, right? (laughs) You know, I call it the dancing bear. You can perform every day for the algorithm to get attention, or you can buy it. And you can act like a real business and you can spend money on advertising and marketing. And which one is, again, more sustainable over time? Which one provides you with the most leverage? And it's, it's buying advertising instead of performing, right? So we buy a lot of advertising. And the biggest thing about advertising is how do we make our money back? Facebook expensive.
1: advertising. Yeah. You work with Jason.
2: Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if I spend a dollar on advertising, especially if you're brand new, you want to make that dollar back or you go broke. So the big part about building a list is you wanna buy attention, you wanna spend money on advertising, and you wanna make that money back the same day ideally. So if we spend $1,000 a day, we'll shoot to make at least 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 back that day. And in order to do that, you've gotta know how to sell. So once people give you their email address, give them some free content, teach them for an hour on a webinar, and then offer them an advanced training that'll solve all of their problems and teach them what they need to know and make your money back from your ad costs. And if you can do that, you win. Because now you can get a thousand emails a day. But the key to to doing that successfully comes down to copywriting. Mm -hmm. How do you write and create a sales message that will take a stranger who just found your website and an hour, hour and a half later, turn them into someone who's willing to give you their credit card information. And that's the skill of copywriting. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really critical piece of this puzzle that it's going to be very difficult to build a business without that skill set. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I have maybe a personal question, but mm. I think that all other people watching this can benefit. Mm. I started this show or whatever or mm. podcast and YouTube just because I wanted to connect with mm-hmm. successful people. I wanted to learn. I didn't have any think in my mind how I will monetize it Mm -hmm. and now I see we are getting a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give me or maybe somebody else that is considering starting a podcast YouTube channel? How can I monetize this traction right now and the attention that we are getting?
2: I think the most important consideration you need to make if you're going to start a channel like this or podcast is don't do it unless you're willing to commit to producing a show every week for three years. Mm. Don't do it because that's the time it takes to really build momentum Momentum and to build a relationship with a lot of people if you come in and you make five shows six shows and you expect to get some kind of attraction from that it's not gonna happen so when I started the podcast my friend Lewis house I called him and I said hey give me some tips and that was the tip that he gave me it was don't start unless you're in it for three years and you can commit to that so that's rule number one rule number two when it comes to monetization the ability to monetize your audience is directly proportional to the quality of the relationship that you have with that audience if the quality is there if the rapport is not there if the trust is not there they're not going to buy from you mm-hmm. so that's piece number one is just be willing to give, Mm -hmm. put in the equity, put in the energy over a long period of time. And if you build that relationship and that trust level, then the opportunity to monetize it becomes really easy. And at that point, it's simply a matter of trust. And if you make a recommendation to buy a product, they're going to go buy the product Mm -hmm. because they trust Mm -hmm. you. So for me, monetization is all about trust, trust and time. And, you know, I wouldn't start a podcast or YouTube channel for ad revenue. We don't do any advertising on our show because it's not worth it. We're not a really big show. We get 120, 25,000 downloads a month. It's not huge. It's okay. It's medium. And we've never had an ad because if I were to sell advertising on that, I might make 1000 thousand, fifteen hundred $1,500 a month from that, maybe 2,000 tops, which to me is not worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to put my audience and my listeners through an ad for two grand. No. But- if I get on the show and I say, hey, go buy this guy's product if you have this problem, we'll sell a lot. We'll make a lot of money that way. So that to me is what the monetization strategy mm-hmm. is when it comes to an audience or a channel. Until you get to millions and millions of visitors a month or downloads a month, then you can make real money. $20, thirty thousand dollars 30000 a month. Good. But until you're there, I wouldn't worry about it. I would mm-hmm. do it for a different reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Great advice.
0: Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook, Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence.
1: Any productivity tip, hacks that you have or apps that you're using?
2: I just use Evernote. Evernote. Mm-hmm. Evernote for everything. We come, We all come across resources all the time, mm-hmm. articles, tools, tips. If I'm on Twitter and I see a good article with some suggestions mm-hmm. or a piece of software, I'll email it to myself, get home, and I'll put it in Evernote and different categories, marketing, mm-hmm. lead generation, mm-hmm. social media, okay. and that's been really valuable because you never know when you're going to need a year from now that tool and resource. Yeah, a big piece. So I used Evernote, then I yeah. quit. I don't know why. <laughs> That's it. That's where yeah. I put my five daily tasks every day. So Evernote is, is kind of my world. It's the only tool that I use for the most part, you know, apps.
1: What about health and energy? How do you sustain your energy or any special food yeah. that you like to eat or?
2: I try to eat paleo. I just, you know, low sugar, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of veggies. Interesting story, but 3 months ago I had an accident and hit my head. And I haven't slept for three months. So I haven't been able to fall asleep one time in three months. So I probably don't look very good right now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Unless I have, you know, something like an Ambien or something like that.
1: uh, Racing cars or?
2: It was in Colorado and just hiking. And just the weirdest thing, next day couldn't sleep. And so that's been, don't take it for granted, that's been really hard to to handle that. Mm -hmm. I have it managed, but from an energy level wise, that's been tough. So for me, it's lower stress as much as you can, do a lot of meditation now. Uh, There's a great headset called Muse. Muse? Mm M-U-S-E. You put it on your head, it measures your brainwaves. And it has an app that will give you feedback and audio, so you put in your headphones. And if you're in a meditative state, Mm -hmm. you'll start to hear birds chirping. Mm -hmm. If you're not, you'll start to hear thunder or waves crash. And you get this auditory feedback. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it allows you to actually figure out when you're truly meditating and when you're not. And that's been super valuable to help me go through what I've been going through through so for maybe 100 200 that's meditation's been great so what
1: else so you meditate every day
2: i try to at night to try to relax at night and still Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to go to sleep again (laughs) so (laughs) yeah that's been a very important
1: tool exercising
2: yeah gym or bike whatever you want to do whatever you have fun you know especially as you get older i'm 40 now i can't do what i used to do like we used to go out and wine every night and fun (laughs) and it just can't do it anymore the price to be paid the next day is too big, big.
1: yeah what about racing cars your fan like Alex <laughs>
2: yeah that's my biggest passion is racing yeah. cars and for me that's when everything else goes away just out of your head because you're going 150 miles an hour there's nothing else you can think about and we're very lucky here in Austin we have the circuit of the Americas which is the big F1 track mm-hmm. here in our backyard so that's been phenomenal to have yeah I love the sport I love the fact that The decisions that I make while driving have consequences. I love that they matter. If I make a mistake, it's either gonna be very expensive to fix or I, I could possibly get hurt, and hopefully not, but I like the fact that it matters. Every single decision I make matters, or if I miss a basketball hoop, who cares? Doesn't matter. If I miss a turn, run into another car, it matters. So that's, I don't know why,
1: What about surfing waves?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so here in Austin, the biggest thing you can do during the summertime, because it gets really hot, is to spend time on the lake, on Lake Austin, or on the water. And it's uh, having a ski boat out there has been great for Chase and spending time Mm -hmm. with him and for just building relationships with other people. And we're going to use it too in a lot of our our media and building the lifestyle of self-made man and things Mm -hmm. like that. So if you can find ways to turn your hobbies into something you can employ in your business and a business expense and write it off, really good thing to do so the self-made man race car we have wrapped the boat we have wrapped Mm -hmm. we can write that off from a tax perspective and hopefully make money with it you know from marketing and yeah so the big sport here is wake surfing so the boat big five foot wave off the back you get a surfboard and you just surf and it's been fun because wakeboarding much faster 25 miles an hour hurts a lot wake surfing 10 miles an hour no big deal it's been good. The big thing is find a way to incorporate your hobby into your business. And so you can essentially get paid to do what you
1: have. Great idea. Yeah. I have one last question, mm. which is, I call it the power message. Mm. Just pretend that you only have five seconds to live. Mm. What message would you send to Chase? Wow. What message, like last message, would you send to your Chase son or something that would stick with him till the rest of his life? inspired
2: me? It would be the biggest challenge that I've had, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is probably don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. I think as entrepreneurs, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to achieve. And, you know, I know I'm pretty hard on myself about mistakes that I make or you know things that go on and i think it just as i've gotten older i realize it just doesn't matter so just have fun enjoy it you don't have to build a hundred million dollar business to be happy so that would be it
1: mm-hmm. how can i or my audience help you to spread out your message um, selfmademan.com is, yeah your yeah, our deal. primary
2: gig else? that's our main focus it's all we work mm-hmm. on these days so um, yeah, This was
1: awesome. Okay. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, it was absolutely. nice to talk with you. Likewise. So, my guys, have fun. Don't be hard on yourself and enjoy watching these shows. I will come back later in another show, so see you soon.
0: Resources from this interview are available online visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book lessons from millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview if you want to be a warrior who has it all visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free learn all about warrior productivity habits mindset marketing and sales strategies confidence boosters and many other things I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smiljan Mori. YouTube and Facebook, Smiljan Mori Warrior Family. Twitter, Smiljan Mori. And LinkedIn, Smiljan Mori.